Chapter Twelve of the Legends of King Arthur and His Knights, Part Three. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Three: The Sangreal is achieved. The death of Sir Galahad. Now, when Sir Galahad had rescued Sir Percival from the twenty knights, he rode into a vast forest. And after many days it befell that he came to a castle where it was a tournament, and the knights of the castle were put to the worse, which when he saw he set his spear in rest and ran to help them, and smote down many of their adversaries. And as it chanced, Sir Gawain was amongst the stranger knights, and when he saw the white shield with the red cross, he knew it was Sir Galahad, and proffered to joust with him. So they encountered and having broken their spears they drew their swords and sir galahad smote sir gawain so sorely on the helm that he clove it through and struck on slanting to the earth carving the horse's shoulder in twain and sir gawain fell to the earth then sir galahad beat back all who warred against the castle yet would he not wait for thanks but rode away that no man might know him and he rested that night at a hermitage, and when he was asleep he heard a knocking at the door. So he rose, and found a damsel there, who said, Sir Galahad, I will that ye arm you, and mount upon your horse, and follow me, for I will show you within these three days the highest adventure that ever any knight saw. Anon Sir Galahad armed him, and took his horse, and commended himself to God, and bade the gentlewoman go, and he would follow where she liked. So they rode onward to the sea, as fast as their horses might gallop, and at night they came to a castle in a valley, enclosed by running water, and by strong and high walls whereinto they entered, and had great cheer, for the lady of the castle was the damsel's mistress. And when he was unarmed, the damsel said to her lady, madam shall we abide here this night nay said she but only till he hath dined and slept a little so he ate and slept a while till the maid called him and armed him by torchlight and when he had saluted the lady of the castle the damsel and sir galahad rode on anon they came to the seaside and lo the ship wherein were sir percival and sir bors abode by the shore then they cried welcome sir galahad for we have awaited thee long then they rejoiced to see each other and told of all their adventures and temptations and the damsel went into the ship with them and spake to sir percival sir percival know ye not who i am and he replied nay certainly i know thee not then said she i am thy sister the daughter of King Pellinore, and am sent to help thee and these knights thy fellows to achieve the quest which ye all follow. So Sir Percival rejoiced to see his sister, and they departed from the shore. And after a while they came upon a whirlpool where their ship could not live. Then saw they another greater ship hard by, and went towards it, but saw neither man nor woman therein and on the end of it these words were written thou who shalt enter me beware that thou be in steadfast belief for i am faith and if thou doubtest i cannot help thee then were they all adread but commending themselves to god they entered in 
as soon as they were on board they saw a fair bed whereon lay a crown of silk and at the foot was a fair and rich sword drawn from its scabbard half a foot and more the pommel was of precious stones of many colours every colour having a different virtue and the scales of the haft were of two ribs of different beasts the one was bone of a serpent from caledon forest named the serpent of the fiend and its virtue saveth all men who hold it from weariness the other was of a fish that haunteth the floods of euphrates named ertanax and its virtue causeth whoever holdeth it to forget all other things whether of joy or pain save the thing he seeth before him in the name of god said sir percival i shall assay to handle this sword and set his hand to it but could not grasp it by my faith said he now have i failed sir bors set his hand to it and failed also then came sir galahad and saw these letters written red as blood none shall draw me forth save the hardiest of all men but he that draweth me shall never be shamed or wounded to death by my faith said sir galahad i would draw it forth but dare not try ye may try safely said the gentlewoman sir percival's sister for be ye well assured the drawing of this sword is forbid to all but you for this was the sword of david king of israel and solomon his son made for it this marvellous pommel and this wondrous sheath and laid it on this bed till thou shouldst come and take it up and though before thee some have dared to raise it yet have they all been maimed or wounded for their daring where said sir galahad shall we find a girdle for it fair sir said she dismay you not and therewith took from out a box a girdle nobly wrought with golden thread set full of precious stones and with a rich gold buckle this girdle lords said she is made for the most part of mine own hair which while i was yet in the world i loved full well but when i knew that this adventure was ordained me i cut off and wove as ye now see then they all prayed sir galahad to take the sword and so anon he gripped it in his fingers and the maiden girt it round his waist saying now reck i not though i die for i have made thee the worthiest knight of all the world fair damsel said sir galahad ye have done so much that i shall be your knight all the days of my life then the ship sailed a great way on the sea and brought them to land near the castle of carte louise when they were landed came a squire and asked them be ye of king arthur's court we are said they in an evil hour are ye come said he and went back swiftly to the castle within a while they heard a great horn blow and saw a multitude of well-armed knights come forth who bade them yield or die at that they ran together and sir percival smote one to the earth and mounted his horse and so likewise did sir bors and sir galahad and soon had they routed all their enemies and alighted on foot and with their swords slew them downright and entered into the castle then came there forth a priest to whom sir galahad kneeled and said in sooth good father i repent me of this slaughter 
but we were first assailed or else it had not been repent ye not said the good man for if ye lived as long as the world lasted ye could do no better deed for these were all the felon sons of a good knight earl hernox whom they have thrown into a dungeon and in his name have slain priests and clerks and beat down chapels far and near then sir galahad prayed the priest to bring him to the earl who when he saw sir galahad cried out long have i awaited for thy coming and now i pray thee hold me in thine arms that i may die in peace and therewith when sir galahad had taken him in his arms his soul departed from his body then came a voice in the hearing of them all depart now sir galahad and go quickly to the maimed king for he hath long abided to receive health from thy hand so the three knights departed and sir percival's sister with them and came to a vast forest and saw before them a white hart exceeding fair led by four lions and marvelling greatly at that sight they followed anon they came to a hermitage and a chapel whereunto the hart entered and the lions with it then a priest offered mass and presently they saw the hart change into the figure of a man most sweet and comely to behold and the four lions also changed and became a man an eagle a lion and an ox and suddenly all those five figures vanished without sound then the knights marvelled greatly and fell upon their knees and when they rose they prayed the priest to tell them what that sight might mean what saw ye sirs said he for i saw nothing then they told him ah lords said he ye are full welcome now know i well ye be the knights who shall achieve the sangreal for unto them alone such mysteries are revealed the heart ye saw is one above all men white and without blemish and the four lions with him are the four evangelists when they heard that they heartily rejoiced and thanking the priest departed anon as they passed by a certain castle an armed knight suddenly came after them and cried out to the damsel by the holy cross ye shall not go till ye have yielded to the custom of the castle let her go said sir percival for a maiden wheresoever she cometh is free whatever maiden passeth here replied the knight must give a dishful of her blood from her right arm it is a foul and shameful custom cried sir galahad and both his fellows and sooner will we die than let this maiden yield thereto then shall ye die replied the knight and as he spake there came out from a gate hard by ten or twelve more and encountered with them running upon them vehemently with a great cry but the three knights withstood them and set their hands to their swords and beat them down and slew them at that came forth a company of threescore knights all armed fair lords said sir galahad have mercy on yourselves and keep from us nay fair lords they answered rather be advised by us and yield ye to our custom it is an idle word said galahad in vain ye speak it 
Well, said they, will ye die? We be not come thereto as yet, replied Sir Galahad. Then did they fall upon each other, and Sir Galahad drew forth his sword, and smote on the right hand and on the left, and slew so mightily that all who saw him thought he was a monster and no earthly man. And both his comrades helped him well, and so they held the field against that multitude till it was night. Then came a good knight forward from the enemy, and said, Fair knights, abide with us to-night, and be right welcome. By the faith of our bodies, as we are true knights, to-morrow ye shall rise unharmed. And meanwhile, maybe ye will, of your own accord, accept the custom of the castle, when ye know it better. So they entered, and alighted, and made great cheer. Anon they asked them whence that custom came. The lady of this castle is a leper, said they, and can be no way cured save by the blood of a pure virgin and a king's daughter. Therefore to save her life are we, her servants, bound to stay every maid that passeth by, and try if her blood may not cure our mistress. Then said the damsel, Take ye of my blood as much as ye will, if it may avail your lady. And though the three knights urged her not to put her life in that great peril, she replied, if I die to heal another's body, I shall get health to my soul, and would not be persuaded to refuse. So on the morrow she was brought to the sick lady, and her arm was bared, and a vein thereof was opened, and the dish filled with her blood. Then the sick lady was anointed therewith, and anon she was whole of her malady. With that Sir Percival's sister lifted up her hand and blessed her, saying, Madam, I am come to my death to make you whole. For God's love, pray for me. And thus saying, she fell down in a swoon. Then Sir Galahad, Sir Percival, and Sir Bors started to lift her up and staunch her blood, but she had lost too much to live. So when she came to herself, she said to Sir Percival, Fair brother, I must die for the healing of this lady. And now I pray thee, bury me not here. But when I am dead, put me in a boat at the next haven, and let me float at venture on the sea. And when ye come to the city of Saras, to achieve the Sangreal, ye shall find me waiting by a tower, and there I pray thee bury me, for there shall Sir Galahad and ye also be laid. Thus having said, she died. Then Sir Percival wrote all the story of her life, and put it in her right hand, and so laid her in a barge and covered it with silk. And the wind arising drove the barge from land, and all the knights stood watching it till it was out of sight. Anon they returned to the castle, and forthwith fell a sudden tempest of thunder and lightning and rain, as if the earth were broken up, and half the castle was thrown down. Then came a voice to the three knights, which said, Depart ye now asunder, till ye meet again, where the maimed king is lying. So they parted, and rode diverse ways. Now after Sir Lancelot had left the hermit, he rode a long while, till he knew not whither to turn, and so he lay down to sleep, if haply he might dream whither to go. And in his sleep a vision came to him, saying, Lancelot! 
rise up and take thine armour and enter the first ship that thou shalt find when he awoke he obeyed the vision and rode till he came to the seashore and found there a ship without sails or oars and as soon as he was in it he smelt the sweetest savour he had ever known and seemed filled with all things he could think of or desire and looking round he saw a fair bed and thereon a gentlewoman lying dead who was sir percival's sister and as sir lancelot looked on her he spied the writing in her right hand and taking it he read therein her story and more than a month thereafter he abode in that ship and was nourished by the grace of heaven as israel was fed with manna in the desert and on a certain night he went ashore to pass the time for he was somewhat weary and listening he heard a horse come toward him from which a knight alighted and went up into the ship who when he saw sir lancelot said fair sir ye be right welcome to mine eyes for i am thy son galahad and long time have i sought for thee with that he kneeled and asked his blessing and took off his helm and kissed him and the great joy there was between them no tongue can tell then for half a year they dwelt together in the ship and served god night and day with all their powers and went to many unknown islands where none but wild beasts haunted and there found many strange and perilous adventures and upon a time they came to the edge of a forest before a cross of stone and saw a knight armed all in white leading a white horse then the knight saluted them and said to galahad ye have been long time enough with your father now therefore leave him and ride this horse till ye achieve the holy quest then went sir galahad to his father and kissed him full courteously and said fair father i know not when i shall see thee again and as he took his horse a voice spake in their hearing ye shall meet no more in this life now my son sir galahad said sir lancelot since we must so part and see each other never more i pray the high father of heaven to preserve both you and me then they bade farewell and sir galahad entered the forest and sir lancelot returned to the ship and the wind rose and drove him more than a month through the sea whereby he slept but little yet ever prayed that he might see the sangreal so it befell upon a certain midnight the moon shining clear he came before a fair and rich castle whereof the postern gate was open towards the sea and having no keeper save two lions in the entry anon sir lancelot heard a voice leave now thy ship and go within the castle and thou shalt see a part of thy desire then he armed and went toward the gate and coming to the lions he drew out his sword but suddenly a dwarf rushed out and smote him on the arm so that he dropped his sword and heard again the voice o man of evil faith and poor belief wherefore trustest thou thine arms above thy maker then he put up his sword and signed the cross upon his forehead and so passed by the lions without hurt and going in he found a chamber with the door shut which in vain he tried to open and listening thereat 
he heard a voice within which sang so sweetly that it seemed no earthly thing joy and honour be to the father of heaven then he kneeled down at the door for he knew well the sangreal was there within anon the door was opened without hands and forthwith came thereout so great a splendour as if all the torches of the world had been alight together but when he would have entered in a voice forbade him wherefore he drew back and looked standing upon the threshold of the door and there he saw a table of silver and the holy vessel covered with red samite and many angels round it holding burning candles and a cross and all the ornaments of the altar then a priest stood up and offered mass and when he took the vessel up he seemed to sink beneath that burden at that sir lancelot cried o father take it not for sin that i go in to help the priest who hath much need thereof so saying he went in but when he came towards the table he felt a breath of fire which issued out therefrom and smote him to the ground so that he had no power to rise then felt he many hands about him which took him up and laid him down outside the chapel door there lay he in a swoon all through that night and on the morrow certain people found him senseless and bore him to an inner chamber and laid him on a bed and there he rested living but moving no limbs twenty-four days and nights on the twenty-fifth day he opened his eyes and saw those standing round and said why have ye waked me for i have seen marvels that no tongue can tell and more than any heart can think then he asked where he was and they told him in the castle of carbonek tell your lord king pelles said he that i am sir lancelot at that they marvelled greatly and told their lord it was sir lancelot who had lain there so long then was king pelles wondrous glad and went to see him and prayed him to abide there for a season but sir lancelot said i know well that i have now seen as much as mine eyes may behold of the sangreal wherefore i will return to my own country so he took leave of king pelles and departed towards logris now after sir galahad had parted from sir lancelot he rode many days till he came to the monastery where the blind king evelake lay whom sir percival had seen and on the morrow when he had heard mass sir galahad desired to see the king who cried out welcome sir galahad servant of the lord long have i abided thy coming take me now in thine arms that i may die in peace at that sir galahad embraced him and when he had so done the king's eyes were opened and he said fair lord jesus suffer me now to come to thee and anon his soul departed then they buried him royally as a king should be and sir galahad went on his way within a while he came to a chapel in a forest in the crypt whereof he saw a tomb which always blazed and burnt and asking the brethren what that might mean they told him 
Joseph of Arimathea's son did found this monastery, and one who wronged him hath lain here these three hundred and fifty years, and burneth evermore, until that perfect knight who shall achieve the Sangreal doth quench the fire. Then said he, I pray ye bring me to the tomb. And when he touched the place, immediately the fire was quenched, and a voice came from the grave and cried, Thanks be to God, who now hath purged me of my sin, and draweth me from earthly pains into the joys of paradise. Then Sir Galahad took the body in his arms, and bore it to the abbey, and on the morrow put it in the earth before the high altar. Anon he departed from thence, and rode five days in a great forest, and after that he met Sir Percival, and a little further on Sir Bors. When they had told each other their adventures, they rode together to the castle of Carbonek, and there King Pelles gave them hearty welcome, for he knew they should achieve the holy quest. As soon as they were come into the castle, a voice cried in the midst of the chamber, let them who ought not now to sit at the table of the lord rise and depart hence then all save those three knights departed anon they saw other knights come in with haste at the hall doors and take their harness off who said to sir galahad sir we have tried sore to be with you at this table ye be welcome said he but whence are ye so three of them said they were from gaul and three from ireland and three from Denmark. Then came forth the likeness of a bishop with a cross in his hand, and four angels stood by him, and a table of silver was before them, whereon was set the vessel of the Sangreal. Then came forth other angels also, two bearing burning candles, and the third a towel, and the fourth a spear which bled marvellously the drops wherefrom fell into a box he held in his left hand anon the bishop took the wafer up to consecrate it and at the lifting up they saw the figure of a child whose visage was as bright as any fire which smote itself into the midst of the wafer and vanished so that all saw the flesh made bread thereat the bishop went to galahad and kissed him and bade him go and kiss his fellows and said now servants of the lord prepare for food such as none ever yet were fed with since the world began with that he vanished and the knights were filled with a great dread and prayed devoutly then saw they come forth from the holy vessel the vision of a man bleeding all openly whom they knew well by the tokens of his passion for the lord himself at that they fell upon their faces and were dumb anon he brought the holy grail to them and spake high words of comfort and when they drank therefrom the taste thereof was sweeter than any tongue could tell or heart desire then a voice said to galahad son with this blood which drippeth from the spear anoint thou the maimed king and heal him and when thou hast this done depart hence with thy brethren in a ship that ye shall find and go to the city of saras and bear with thee the holy vessel for it shall no more be seen in the realm of logris
At that Sir Galahad walked to the bleeding spear, and therefrom anointing his fingers, went out straight away to the maimed King Pelles, and touched his wound. Then suddenly he uprose from his bed as whole a man as ever he was, and praised God passing thankfully with all his heart. Then Sir Galahad, Sir Bors, and Sir Percival departed, as they had been told, and when they had ridden three days they came to the seashore and found the ship awaiting them. Therein they entered, and saw in the midst the silver table, and the vessel of the Sangreal covered with red samite. Then were they passing glad, and made great reverence thereto. And Sir Galahad prayed that now he might leave the world and pass to God, and presently the while he prayed a voice said to him, Galahad, thy prayer is heard, and when thou askest the death of the body thou shalt have it, and find the life of thy soul. But while they prayed and slept, the ship sailed on, and when they woke they saw the city of Saras before them, and the other ship wherein was Sir Percival's sister. Then the three knights took up the holy table, and the Sangreal, and went into the city, and there in a chapel they buried Sir Percival's sister right solemnly. Now at the gate of the town they saw an old cripple sitting, whom Sir Galahad called to help them bear their weight. Truly, said the old man, it is ten years since I have gone a step without these crutches. Care ye not, said Sir Galahad, rise now and show good will. So he essayed to move, and found his limbs as strong as any man's might be, and running to the table helped to carry it. Anon there rose a rumour in the city that a cripple had been healed by certain marvellous strange knights, but the king, named Esturans, who was a heathen tyrant, when he heard thereof, took Sir Galahad and his fellows, and put them in prison in a deep hole. Therein they abode a great while, but ever the Sangreal was with them, and fed them with marvellous sweet food, so that they fainted not, but had all joy and comfort they could wish. At the year's end the king fell sick, and felt that he should die. Then sent he for the three knights, and when they came before him, prayed their mercy for his trespasses against them. So they forgave him gladly, and anon he died. Then the chief men of the city took counsel together, who should be king in his stead. And as they talked, a voice cried in their midst, Choose ye the youngest of the three knights King Esturans cast into prison for your king. At that they sought Sir Galahad, and made him king with the assent of all the city, and else they would have slain him. But within a twelve month, came to him upon a certain day as he prayed before the sangreal a man in likeness of a bishop with a great company of angels round about him who offered mass and afterwards called to sir galahad come forth thou servant of the lord for the time hath come thou hast desired so long then sir galahad lifted up his hands and prayed now, blessed Lord, would I no longer live, if it might please thee. Anon the bishop gave him the sacrament, and when he had received it with unspeakable gladness, he said, Who art thou, father? I am Joseph of Arimathea, answered he, 
whom our lord hath sent to bear thee fellowship when he heard that sir galahad went to sir percival and sir bors and kissed them and commended them to god saying salute for me sir lancelot my father and bid him remember this unstable world therewith he kneeled down and prayed and suddenly his soul departed and a multitude of angels bare it up to heaven then came a hand from heaven and took the vessel and the spear and bare them out of sight since then was never man so hardy as to say that he had seen the sangreal and after all these things sir percival put off his armour and betook him to an hermitage and within a little while passed out of this world and sir bors when he had buried him beside his sister returned weeping sore for the loss of his two brethren to king arthur at camelot End of chapter twelve recording by thomas rose